May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength Amen. This morning I want to begin, I want to reread a collect from a couple of weeks ago from Proper 17, and I want you to hear these words. O Lord, we pray that your grace may always precede and follow after us. Did you hear that? We pray that your grace may always precede and follow after us, and that we may continually be given to good works. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. <coughs> Amen. Live like you believe. Hear these words that the psalmist says in, in Psalm 9. I will give thanks unto you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will speak of all your marvelous works. Live like you believe. Several years ago, my husband and I attended a conference. And at the evening banquet, there was a speaker who was introduced simply as a motivational speaker. And he was an excellent speaker. And when he finished, he received an enormous round of applause, even to the point that everyone in the room stood. Well, almost everyone. I remained seated. Did I miss something? Am I the only one sitting? I turned and I saw my husband, too, had remained seated. And I leaned over and I remarked that this man was an excellent speaker. But I didn't believe a word that he said. And I was <coughs> not going to stand just because someone <coughs> else was standing. Did they not hear what he was saying? I was reminded of this incident when I read the following story. There was a famous gentleman speaking at a fundraising event. And when he stood to speak, he invited his audience to choose a poem for him to recite. <coughs> and after a long silence, a retired clergyman raised his hand and asked him for Psalm 23. The speaker was slightly taken back, but agreed to read the psalm, provided the pastor would recite it after him. And with some reluctance, the old man agreed to do so. So the guest speaker recited the 23rd Psalm, and it was beautifully read. And there was not a single flaw. It was so good, he got a standing ovation. Then the clergyman recited the Psalm, and when he finished, there was not a dry eye in the room. And upon seeing the reaction of the crowd, the speaker went over to the retired pastor and said to the people, Do you know the difference between his version and mine? I know the 23rd Psalm, but this man knows the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. There is a difference between people that know a little something about Christian life and people who empower the Christian life. And the difference is a personal faith and trust in Jesus. And with that faith and trust, we live our lives to honor Christ. And that difference reveals itself in a person's actions, not only in how they talk about Christ, but in how they live their lives to honor Christ. <coughs> believe in what you believe, live like you believe. 
In the first chapter of Philippians, in the 27th verse, the apostle tells us that whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. We must live our lives like we believe what we, what we say we believe. We must make sure that our conduct is consistent with biblical Christian character so that the gospel is not dishonored. Live a life in a manner worthy of the gospel. <coughs> now, if you were a Greek scholar, you might find this, that this phrase, let your manner of life be, could be translated as to believe as, Christ to believe as citizens of something or to conduct yourselves according to the laws and customs of the state. And the citizens of Philippi prided themselves on being a Roman colony, offering the, the honor and privilege of the Roman citizenship. And Paul <coughs> is reminding the congregation that they should look to Christ, not Caesar, for their model of behavior, and that their allegiance is to God and to his kingdom. So while we are citizens here and now in this world, we are ultimately citizens of heaven. And that is where we really belong. So our conduct is to be consistent with the heaven sent gospel. The scripture is full of passages instructing and encouraging us to live the truth of the gospel, to submit to gospel laws and to depend on gospel promises. <coughs> In Ephesians, Paul tells us, I, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. And again in Ephesians, it reads, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And then Peter writes in 1 Peter, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners <coughs> and exiles to abstain from passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as believers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. We are called to be united in faith. As believers in Jesus, we are to be united in the truth of the gospel. And we can be together physically without being united. But don't expect to be spiritually united with someone who claims that there is more than one way to the Father. Don't expect to be spiritually united with someone who believes there is no God. If we seek to live our lives worthy of the gospel, then we stand firm in unity around the gospel and strive together to keep that unity in place. And as we do that, guess what? We will find opposition. And Paul tells the Philippians and us 
not to be afraid of any opposition that we might receive, but to understand that we must suffer for the sake of Christ. <coughs> what a gift it is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. What a gift it is to suffer for Christ. And here these words can be found in 1 Peter. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way, keeping your confidence clear. And then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than to suffer for doing wrong. <clears throat> Our hope of being glorified with Jesus Christ when he returns is tied to our <clears throat> suffering for his namesake. And sadly, in today's society, some of this has been lost, and too many people have become complacent or comfortable that they won't lift a finger for Jesus. And many people say being a disciple of Jesus is fine if it fits into our daily schedules, or giving of ourselves to the progress of the gospel is fine if we have the energy <coughs> to help once we, our other priorities are met. Where do you fit Jesus into your life? It is not easy being a disciple of Christ. In today's world, it is not always easy to live our lives according to the truth of the gospel. In Ephesians, it reads, As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do. To live our lives worthy of the gospel we claim to believe, we must stand firm in unity and work together for the gospel. We must be willing to sacrifice anything Jesus asks us to give, and we must be willing to suffer when the world reacts to such a life lived under such a calling. <coughs> we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access to, by faith into his grace in his respect, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We are called to live the life we believe in the truth of the gospel. Heavenly Father, Pour down upon us the life-giving spirit of your grace. Shower us with the continual dew of your blessing and ignite in us a zealous love for your gospel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.